0: Welcome to Heart Home Community's most recent Baldwinsville Community Update. I'm your host, Shelly Hoffman. Hey everybody, I'm excited. Today I have Chief Mike Leffenjack, and it has been a couple months since I got to talk to you, sir. How are you doing?
1: I'm doing well, it's definitely been too long. Uh, I apologize <laughs> for that. I know we've each had some scheduling things with our uh, summertime here. So it's, it's good to be back and, uh, and having a chance to t- chat with you and everyone else that's out there watching.
0: Perfect. Yeah, last year we didn't really have anything to do in the summer, so you had no choice but to talk to me. But now there's there's actually things going on, right?
1: <laughs> I think last year you were having me talk to you every week because there wasn't anything else for anyone to do or, or watch. And we had a lot of people watching us too, but uh, I'm glad that uh, things are you know, somewhat normalized. Obviously not back to normal completely, but somewhat normalized. But uh, there's still a lot going on and enough things for, for, for me to uh, communicate. So this is a great opportunity to do that.
0: Perfect. So, well, that that being said, I hope uh anything good about the summer for you, because normally we're like, oh, what'd you do this weekend, or what'd you do this month? But I don't think I've talked to you all summer. Any any big trips or anything fun that you did that you know we should know that our chief of police is out there protecting us throughout the county or throughout the United States. Uh,
1: unfortunately, no. Uh, my parents have been dealing with some some health situations that have kept me pretty much grounded locally here to. Uh, to baldwin's so i haven't been able to get up to the adirondacks and do any hiking or anything but uh, that's my priority right now hopefully we can get those things uh, settled away and i'll be able to get away and, and do something
0: yeah well and that's one of the reasons that um people relate to you so well is because your family is important to you so that's awesome absolutely um i was um i've pretty much been hanging out in the the village of baldwin'sville i did get heckled at the street corner the other day i'm not sure if you were aware of that might have been with somebody telling me not to walk out in traffic i won't point any fingers but
1: well, I, I was concerned that uh, you might just well, your face was buried in that phone that you might just step off the curb at the four corners out at the traffic area you seemed quite, start, quite startled when i uh mentioned on on the pa to, to get your face out of your phone
0: i i definitely was so i'm, I'm glad you're there to protect us all Mike.
1: Absolutely. Uh, absolutely
0: so what has been going on in the village
1: you know it's interesting because uh i before I do these talks, uh, a few days before I start, to, I, I make sure I talk to the officers and, and that are out on patrol every day, and I say, hey, I'm going to be chit-chat with uh, with Shelly, and what are some things uh, you'd like me to convey? And so, first and foremost, the first words out of their mouth was stolen vehicles. Not just in the village, but, you know, in, in the general area. And they're like, chief, people are leaving their keys in their vehicle, their wallets in the vehicle, uh, the, the cars are getting stolen, the Then they're using the the, the credit cards to put gas in them. So they keep driving the cars around. Um, And if we could just get people to not leave things in their, in their vehicle, especially the keys um, as well as lock them up. And, and really that that's what the officer said. And I know Shelly, since the very first time you and I have spoken, this has been something that I have harped upon uh, to do. So if anyone's watching me on multiple occasions, I'm going to apologize, but it's something that we continually have occur there are individuals that go out at night and you know they'll they'll walk in walk in neighborhoods and and just see if they can get into car doors and they really won't smash any doors or windows they're just going to open the, un- the unlocked ones and they're finding a lot of valuables in there so if people could just lock those things up we'd be most appreciative about that really would
0: yeah, I, um, you know, I, you know that I extended my driveway. So the way that my driveway is. And before I always locked my doors, but I parked so far at my driveway, I thought, boy, they have to be pretty um, eager to go all the way at my driveway. But now with um, more cars going on, uh, I have your voice in my head because one of the cars is right down there by the road. If somebody's walking the sidewalk, super easy, just to take five steps, open the car door, and see if it'll open or not. So, um, it's not, it's not even like they're necessarily looking to do anything wrong. It's just opportunity. Right. And they go and
1: they, they and, take it. Well, yeah. And, and, you know, especially over the summer here, you know, a lot of times, uh, you know, we got kids that are out and about later at night, school's not in session and are on the weekends and they're out walking around and, you know, opportunity breeds the the chance to make poor decisions. And sometimes they might just be looking to see if there's anything of value in the vehicle. And then they find that there's a key in there and the the vehicle started. Well, let's steal it. and Let's go and see what we can do. So whether they take it, you know, into the city of Syracuse or elsewhere in the County. And, you know, one of the officers was talking today about a vehicle that wasn't stolen here from the village, but um, next township over. And, you know, the, the, the troopers and the sheriffs are working that case and they're trying to locate it. And I know that the, the credit card's been used to put gas in the vehicle and, So because the wallet was left in it. So these are things that are happening they're happening around us. And uh, certainly we're not immune to to that as well.
0: Right. Well, and the resources and what you guys do, I mean, it's easy enough for someone just to click a button or push a button down to lock the door. And mm -hmm. then you can focus on other things that are, you know, actually hurtful. And I don't know, you hate to say it because I don't want to jinx it. It seems like if I talk to you, I say something, sometimes something like that ends up happening. But That's an easy thing for us to help as a community to solve, so your guys'
1: time can be spent elsewhere. Absolutely, well, it really is. And when we talk about that community partnership with the police department, that's a big aspect of that. That if we can get our community to buy in for for that, and that's something that they can really do to reduce crime in their own community. That that um, citizens can, if you just lock your car doors, you will reduce crime in in, in where you live. Yeah, that's that's a simple fact, hundred percent fact. So I appreciate the opportunity to get that message out. Um, one of the other things the officers were mentioning is that we've had some incidents recently where we've talked to people and asked, Geez, do you have any cameras uh, made by, you know, different manufacturers that are out there? Uh, what, they're, what they've what they been hearing is, yeah, but I don't have the batteries in them or they don't work or whatever. So if, you know, people are going to have those cameras, which which are a great tool for us. And I know a lot of people like to have them on their, whether it be a doorbell or uh, by their by their garage door, or we're watching the driveway. Um, those are a tremendous resource for law enforcement. And if if you're going to invest in them, if you could just make sure that they're operational, that would be helpful too, because uh, the officers expressed to to me recently that they've had a couple cases where people in in the vicinity did have cameras, but unfortunately nothing was captured because they just weren't operating properly. So. Those those are the types of things like any technology. Occasionally, you've just got to take a look at them, make sure that they're functioning in a proper fashion, and maybe you got to do a reset or some fresh batteries or uh, clear some debris in front of the camera, whatever it might be that uh, uh, prevents it from from working the way it's supposed to. Uh, That would be a big help to us also.
0: Nice. Well, so you've mentioned a couple of things about the community and, and, um, and what we can do to kind of help, but staying on the community aspect, we have, we did have a couple of things happen in Baldwinsville this summer. And I don't know if I talked to you after Margarita Fest or not, but obviously we had Seneca River Days, different things going on. Has, was there any issues like not even necessarily COVID related, but I mean, are things kind of going smooth when people are having these events? I think we had our concert at Paper Mill Island a couple of weeks ago.
1: Yeah, no, Um. Th- those have all gone on very smoothly. And I give credit to The organizations that have done a tremendous amount of planning, Uh, I I was in contact with all of them uh, to to ensure that uh, things went off smoothly and anything that uh, we needed to uh, ensure as far as security uh, issues for concerts on the island or if there's fireworks. Uh, I'm the person that actually issued the fireworks permit. So there's a lot of planning that that went into those events, and and I give the promoters credit because they did go off uh, uh, fairly well. I mean, any event's going to have a hiccup or two but nothing that uh, created a huge public safety issue or anything along those lines.
0: Oh, perfect. We have um, Taste of Aldensville coming up in a couple of weeks.
1: Yeah. Which,
0: um, it's actually on my daughter's birthday. So I was trying to tell her that I don't have to throw her a party because the village itself,
1: right? Yep. Yes. And she, she's, <laughs> going to get a lot to eat and, and you know, it's, it's like a tasting menu of, of, of all, all around town. Oh, no, that, that'll be great. She yeah. should be excited. I'm sure. I, I'm sure. <laughs> she's I'm sure she thought that was a great idea as well.
0: Absolutely.
1: <laughs> yeah, yeah. We, so I'm looking forward we, to that,
0: but same thing, right?
1: Hmm? Yeah. We all know how that conversation went.
0: <laughs> so what else has been going on? I, I, you know, like you said, and you said you were going to talk about the locking of the doors, which the mayor has brought up. I don't know if you watch any of the mayors. Oh yeah. <laughs> he, brings
1: <it> <laughs> yeah.
0: <laughs> he brings it up.
1: Well, well the mayor, the day before the mayor talks to you, he always sends the department heads an email saying anything to talk about. And I'm like, you can always mention locking car doors. That would be great. You know, maybe the one person that hasn't heard me harp on it would hear you harp on it and, and would do something there. So that'd be good. But obviously, uh, school has started. And I've had some people saying, geez, you know, trying to get through the village now. It just takes a long time. And, and uh, I actually messaged the mayor last week because I knew he was going to talk to you right when school was started and asked him to discuss this, and I wanted to make mention as well, that uh, it's incumbent upon everyone to plan a little bit ahead now. It's going to take you longer to get through the village than it has probably in the last 18 months or so. Uh, you think about with COVID, when that was really in full swing last year, and tail end of the school year and, and, and things, where uh, the buses weren't running, and it was a modified hybrid setup, And then remote learning and uh, traffic was greatly reduced in the village because the number of staff and students that need to get to campus every day, there's a lot of people. You think about all those classrooms at Baker High School, at Durkee, at Eldon, just on our main campus. Then we've got Van Buren School over on the south side, as well as St. Mary's. That's a lot of staff. That's a lot of students in each one of those places that need to get there. The buses all have to come through the village. Uh, I know the new bus garage is located outside the village now, but still parts of Hinkle Boulevard and 631 right now are under construction. So that's causing some problems there. But still, those that main campus is right in the heart of our village. A lot of staff, a lot of students, and just the sheer number of people traveling on you know, village streets that were put in place 100-plus years ago there's only so much traffic that those those streets can can handle uh, before traffic is just going to be backed up and it's going to take a while. So there's just nothing that could really be done about it other than to plan extra time to, to, to get to where you got to go.
0: There was a text message and email that came through from the school district as well that the buses were actually going to leave 10 minutes earlier. Yeah. Um, and one of my daughters said the buses were getting there later. So I don't know if it's the traffic or just, you know, what it is, but even the schools having issues getting, you know, the kids to school on time at the yeah. original planned spot.
1: Yeah. I got that same message, even though I don't have children in school, I still got that message. And <laughs> I saw that as well. And th- that has been an issue with the buses trying to get there on time. And, uh, I think with a lot of people returning, having returned to work and returned to the office, uh, it. it You know, and I think our memories are kind of short sometimes with how long it was taking us two years ago when school was in session and everyone was working to get to work. So it's a learning process again uh, for us. And uh, I just know because i worked throughout the entire pandemic, what a quick drive. I live in Radisson. It was to get into the village. It was like no traffic, a couple of turns and straight on 31 and I was here and now it, it takes longer. I mean, I'm, I'm very close. I'm spoiled because I'm, I'm so close, but still coming through the village, uh, it amazes me at the times of day where traffic is backed up uh, and, and it, it just is what it is. There's, there's only one way across the, the river in the village and up and down Route 48, and it just is going to take us a while to, to get reacclimated to, to what's going on.
0: It is nice, though, because if you remember this time last year, I'd say I'd walk the village and there'd be no cars anywhere at eight o'clock at night. It was, you know, like a ghost town. Yeah. So it is nice to see things come back to life. But on that, with the good as the bad. So when I go to pull out of my building now, I actually have to wait, whereas before I just whip right out.
1: But it is nice because it's great to see, you know, as I drive through, I just remember talking to, you know, sheriff's deputies or troopers that work in our area uh, from from years ago and one of the comments that they always said and they would work different areas of the county uh was that it doesn't matter what time of day you travel through baldwinville so somebody was out on the street walking wouldn't matter if it was three thirty, four in the morning or three thirty or 4 in the afternoon somebody was walking on the streets in the village so there's always something going on and it's nice to see it kind of returning to to that where there is the, the traffic. There are people out and about. There There are people walking because we do have such a walkable village and, and it's nice to be able to have people moving around again and some events going on and slowly start to, to build those things up again. And, uh, and and I think that's a great thing for the community.
0: No, I absolutely agree. I um I was thinking about you probably maybe three or four weeks ago, but um again where my house is located, I must have seen sirens like Police, uh, police go by. Fire trucks go by. Um, just in my little corner, like blocking off. So I'm assuming it had to do with water. I don't know if you remember that or not. But sometimes, like right by going down past Pizza Man at the light by my house, um, it was blocked at least one night, if not two. Um, we had all that flooding come through. Mm-hmm. I know all the businesses really have really had some issues with it. Did yeah. it have something to do with that? Did you guys um, did it impact your department at all as far as the weather that we had this summer?
1: Well, obviously. You know, it impacts us just with the amount of calls that we received and, uh, you know, trying to assist uh, our residents that our basements are flooding or issues that were going on there. And the main thing our concern is public safety there. Uh, and, and I don't know the specific incident you're referring to, but it could very well have been in relation to that or the road was flooded out. We needed to stop traffic from going there to uh, to let some people uh, deal with the, the situation, whether it be the fire department or whomever. So uh, for, for us, it's just a, an issue of responding to calls and, and ensure that, you know, public safety is is intact and especially um, our more vulnerable residents, our elderly residents, and to ensure that the ambulance and fire personnel can get to where they need to get to if there should be a medical emergency for people. Nice. Yeah.
0: Um, you know, I, I know, now that I'm thinking about it, I know I didn't talk to you because we, the Memorial Day Parade... And I know this was a long time ago, but obviously it's important to a lot of people, especially with the way that our um, country is and, you know, and things that are going on. But did you guys do that the same, same way? The mayor mentioned a couple of things about it back, you know, at the end of May. But was it kind of like just a small um, ceremony again?
1: Yes, it was. And, and uh, Mike Lockwood, our lieutenant here, he sits on the Memorial Day uh, uh, planning committee, the parade planning committee, along with a number of other community volunteers. And they were in close communication with the VFW Post and the American Legion. And jointly, uh, a decision was made to conduct a parade, the same as last year, with a much, much, much smaller scale. There was no real parade. There was a ceremony at the library, uh, or strike me across the library, right in front of the post office uh, there at the the memorial, at the monument. And then a wreath was was dropped into the Seneca River. In, in memory of any soldiers and sailors buried at sea. And then we went over to both St. Mary's and Riverview Cemetery and had ceremonies there. And there was a sm- much smaller group of people. And hopefully next year we'll be able to return to the traditional parade, but at least the community was able to, to provide uh, some remembrance uh, for those individuals that made the ultimate sacrifice and service of our country. So, that was done in cooperation with, with those veterans groups. And, uh, and, and really they were in complete agreement with that decision uh, because at the time, you know, obviously things were in a flux. There was still COVID out there, the Delta variant, different things going on. And I think ultimately it was the right decision to make uh, at that time. Uh, many of our veterans and members of those posts are individuals that are up in age, as it were. We all know that covid uh, is is more dangerous to those individuals that that are older, and and I think it was just the right decision, quite frankly. So um, I know there were some that maybe were a little disappointed that we didn't have parade that other communities did, but uh, you know it's a group of volunteers that tried to make the best decision for everyone, uh, and and they work they did work very cooperatively and closely with the VFW and the American Legion. So.
0: Well, and at the end of the day, like you just said, it's, you know, you guys, just, your concern is public safety. Yeah. So at the time you take the information, you go from that. So I'm going to throw this out to, to you guys. Um, so next year, let's say we have the big parade because th- those were actually the pieces that I know I didn't know typically happened. Right. It wasn't until last year when we were talking about it, that you said, well, you know, these are things that we do. It's just because you're so focused on the parade and people coming through with the parade. Um, but those, those pieces, what you just mentioned, they actually happen as part of the parade, right? Every year, like where you have the library, the wreath and the river, and then the cemetery Sir.
1: Yeah. So actually it starts out, there's a monument right in front of the post office. So right by the flag at the post office, anytime someone drives by the post office, there's a monument there. And so there's a little ceremony right there. And then when we have the parade, the parade stops right at the bridge over the river and because from our lock, you can connect to really anywhere in the world you can get to. So a wreath is placed, uh, dropped into the river by the two commanders of the two posts in memory of any soldiers and sailors buried at sea. And then we go out and have, have ceremonies at the cemeteries. So that happens every year. Uh, it's not just simply the parade, uh, the, the parade kind of accompanies those ceremonies, is really, I guess, the parade of Fraser.
0: And that's, that's, I guess that was the point I wanted you to make because like I said, a lot of people put their chairs and they see the parade come through, but they don't realize what happens at the beginning, the end, and then in the middle as well. So maybe having two years in a row when it was smaller, next year when we do have the bigger one, there's just more awareness of what else is actually doing, being done to recognize um, those men.
1: And if anyone has an opportunity, I really recommend uh, going down to Riverview Cemetery at the completion of the parade. And there's a wonderful ceremony that goes on down there. The community band plays. Uh, members of the American Legion and VFW are there. Some local dignitaries. High school students, they read uh, Logan's Orders. They read on Flanders Field. And they uh, read the Gettysburg Address. Uh, three local stu- students do that. And uh, uh, flowers are laid at the monument that's in Riverview Cemetery. And, and, and it's, it, it's really a wonderful community event. And I think more people, if they went down there and brought their lawn chair and sat down and and, and were there for that, they would really get a, a, a true meaning of what it's about. It's, it's a beautiful setting there. It's very serene right by the river. And, and, and it's, it's an honor really for me to be there every year and I've been going for over 20 years now and, uh, Hopefully next year before the parade, we'll get a chance to talk some more about that and encourage people to go there. And, and I think if they did, if they were along Parkdale, you know, maybe Ford or Frawley Street, and then walk down into the cemetery, um, they'd get a real appreciation of the sense of community and what it's all about and and, and why uh, why it's done.
0: Yeah, I I agree with you. Actually, that's on my list of things to do next year uh, when it's open. Obviously, this year we're keeping it small and stuff, mm-hmm. but um, and that was something I didn't know. So I just. Again, you never. I always assume if I don't know something, somebody else might not know it as well. So that's
1: a good point. That's a good. point. Um,
0: so, what else do you have on your list for what's been happening since we spoke, Eon? Well,
1: ago? you know, we've had we've had uh, an interesting case that we had. We had a person call up that had a very nice vehicle, uh, a, uh, a suburban, brand new, with very nice black wheels and tires, and they came out in the morning, and all all four wheels and tires had been stolen. And the car was left up on landscaping landscaping blocks. And in a nice neighborhood in the village. And our officers are working that they've worked cooperatively with uh, investigators from the state police for different things that have occurred around the state in the area. You know, we're hearing different things, but there's uh, groups that come up out of the tri-state area, downstate, that literally have a shopping list of tires and wheels that are people are looking for. And it's a sophisticated group because I've been here for 34 years. What's today? Tomorrow. Tomorrow will be 34 years. Today's the 13th. So it'll be tomorrow. Um, And I can't remember this ever occurring in in, in our community. So, you know, these types of things do happen. Um, it, It happened to be a rainy night uh you know the whoever did this picked a good night to do it where everyone's windows would be closed because it was raining uh probably a sophisticated group that it wouldn't take them too long to get those wheels and tires off this wasn't the first time they'd probably done this wow. but stuff like that that occurs that people would just shake their head at and wouldn't think that would happen in the village unfortunately it did and you know we're still actively investigating that and hoping that we can uh, come up with some leads and, and determine where, where we're going. And then when I talk to the officers, they're like, chief, it's just the usual, you know, domestics and, and juvenile problems and juveniles that are out and about. and Maybe their mom and dad don't know what they're doing exactly. And, you know, and so we get called and cause they might be in one of the parks or doing something they maybe shouldn't be doing just cause they're a group of kids and and they're, you know, get get a bad idea in their head. And nobody says, hey, we probably shouldn't do this. So, um, but, you know, as I mentioned previously, many times before, we handle our, our share of domestic disputes.
0: Yeah.
1: And that's not something uncommon for, for members of our department. We just hired a new officer uh, who came to us from uh, SUNY Upstate Police. So he worked at the hospital and they get their share of You know, you you think about the upstate, that's the one trauma center in Syracuse. So any shooting or stabbing that occurs in the city, the people go there. And if they're, if it's gang related or group related, sometimes we'll have two different factions there. So they have some serious incidents occur there, but uh, you know, the officers here, when he came here, they're like, hope you like doing domestic reports because you're, you're going to get good at those because we handle a bunch of them. So, and he's working 311 right now. So those are things that, that we continue to handle on, on a regular basis. So. Other than that, you know, unless you have some other questions and things, you know, we're, we are right now, knock on wood, full staff. Uh, we hired an officer from, from SUNY upstate and he's off training and, and is working. So uh, we've got our two school resource officers, one at Baker high school, officer Quattrini and officer Natoli. She's over at, uh, at Durge. So they're both there and, and are actively involved with, with the school district there. And so uh, you know, the school year's off, and it's, it's busy uh, for us now because there's a lot going on. There's football games, and there's different things occurring, and it's nice to have those things back. And, you know, anytime there's events like that going on, chances are we've had some role in well, either a presence there or some planning or some communication with them. And i uh, been in contact with our new school superintendent. Yeah, had an opportunity to meet with him. And, and as I expressed to him, and, and I'll tell everyone in the community the you know, our, our organization is a community service based department and has been that way for, for 50 years. And the most important relationship in our community that we have is with our school district and, you know, uh, our, our school district and, and the relationship we have with them is, is paramount to, to us. Uh, I think uh, for 20 plus years now, we've had a school formalized school resource officer program. And I think it's a model for, for, for others around the state, because, there's, there's members of the sheriff's office that are also in, uh, other Baldwin's schools outside the village. So I think when you look at that level of uh, cooperation amongst different agencies and, uh, the, the most important thing is, is safety of sh- students and staff for, for everyone involved. So for us, that's an important relationship. I look forward to having the opportunity to meet with him further. And, uh, we're just, uh, as we gear up towards fall, uh, moving towards uh, towards those types of things. So that's where we're at, and appreciate the community support. And if anyone ever has any questions, feel free to reach out to myself or Shelly, and uh, I might not answer you back right away or, or hold those questions for an opportunity to, to chat with Shelly here. Uh, so just like Shelly mentioned earlier, if she's got a question, uh, chances are other people might have the same question. So look forward to any community feedback there might be.
0: Well, perfect. And thank you for your time. The only question I was gonna ask you at the end, which you answered, was how the resource officers were doing. Because oh. I drove through the uh, the campus the other day, and you know I saw their presence there, and um, both had smiles on their faces. So you know they were at least having a good day with the kids so far.
1: <laughs> oh, they, they, they they they've they've been busy. Uh, I've seen them coming back, and there's been a couple of days where they have not gotten back for hour hour and a half after when they were supposed to because they've been helping direct traffic and. Um, with the buses running late, to your point, and then parents trying to excuse me pick up students, it's been a little, a little hectic. So uh, they've been busy, to say the least, to start the school year.
0: Well, it's it's good it's good that they're there, and like, and like I said, the presence of them isn't intimidating. I think when I was a kid, if somebody would have told me there was going to be police at my school, which where I grew up at the time, there was not. Um, it would have been like, what's wrong, what's going, you know, and, right. and again, the kids going through McNamara and having the resource officer there, it's, it's just, it's, it's nice. It's reassuring. And again, it, everybody seems to do a good job of putting people that are there that want to be there. Uh, I just, I always remember, um, you know, the gentleman that retired last year, the relationship he had with the kids. Officer, like, no.
1: Yeah. yeah, oh, yeah. No, and, and that's, we've been very fortunate that anyone who has gone to the school, um, has been a volunteer who said, hey, I'd like to be a school resource officer. And, and on the flip side of that, they've been what we consider to be a good fit. And not just that they want to just work to school because, oh, it's a good schedule and, you know, you get to take time off and the breaks and those types of things. No, it's it's really because the individuals that are there, Officer Cartrini, she's doing a good job at Baker and Officer Natalia at Dergi, they want to be there. So that that's a key for us is to find people that want to be there you know Marty Knoll, obviously, he was there for what thirteen years or so. You know he had a long run there, and because uh, and, he wanted to be there, so uh, th- that's that's just a great combination of you can get an experienced officer that wants to be at the school, so um, yeah. that works well.
0: And and just a last plug for our community. That's um, I think it's great that there's officers that want to be with the kids because that says a lot to the, about the kids as well in the school system.
1: Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. Yes. Yes. No, it's a, it's, it's an excellent community. It's a great school district. And that's why I can't say enough, our partnership and with the school district, whether we had SROs or not, what we do. And that even makes it more important for us to have that close working relationship uh, with the district. But no, we've got some, some great students here in, in Balsall's of, an excellent district obviously as you know all four of my children are graduates of a big high school so i have nothing but good things to say about the district and the community as a whole yeah
0: same here well i only have one graduate we'll see well yeah and we'll see how he does <laughs> And the other two, they're making their way through. Yes, yeah, you know? see if
1: the other two can make their way through. Yeah. That's
0: right. So, well, thank you for your time, as always, Chief. And um, and I look forward to our talks. And I, you know, I feel bad that obviously you're staying here uh, for family things and not getting to go out hiking. But once again, it just to me, it just shows the type of human being in person that you are. So well, hopefully, you. everything continues to go well for you. And maybe we'll talk next month. We'll see how. It I goes. hope so.
1: Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> I look forward to that. All
0: right. Bye, Chief.